How about me? Only I, I only see it on the left. Just on my ear. Quiet on the set. We're trying to do an interview here. Let's go. Can I get a beer first? Sure, please. What's the oddest booking that you can recall? Well, I was just this kind of brought to mind that one that we did. Yeah, we've done a lot of weird crap, but. We opened up for Ricky Skaggs yeah. in a theater yeah. very recently. Yeah, yeah last like yeah. October. Or something. Um, and that was interesting because I mean it was a, it was, an old school bluegrass crowd, sold out show, you know, in a theater, sit down, quiet. Um, so we just went up there and did our thing, and uh, it went it went well, and that was where we had one of the best post show quotes. Um, this old old timer came up, you know, really old. He's like, I don't know what, I don't know what that was, but I liked it. <laughs> I really liked it. <laughs> so I've been trying to wrap my mind around this band, and I think I'm going to need your help. Now I'm pretty familiar with them. Listened to their albums, saw them live several times, talked to them at length about their music. But in trying to describe their sound, I'm feeling a bit inadequate. I'll give you the basics. A guitar prodigy who played mandolin and bass in folk and bluegrass bands before forming his own band. A classically trained violinist who has also toured with Future Man from Bela Fleck and the Flecktones fame. And a drummer who was in a rap group from the Midwest. These three came together to form a power trio. Acoustic. Which sounds like this. Here's a here's a nice slow one for you guys. Welcome to Southern Songs and Stories podcast on the John Stickley Trio. I'm your host, Joe Kendrick, and in this episode, we dive deep into the conversation and live music we recorded at the Spring Skunk Music Festival earlier this year, which was exerted in the video released with Gray Sky Studio and available at southernsongsandstories.com. This podcast also features former bandmates of the trio with Robert Greer of Town Mountain, Brett Johnson, formerly of Atmosphere, Mike Ashworth, now with Steep Canyon Rangers, and Galen Kapar, all reflecting on their time playing with John, Patrick, and Lindsay. We'll also get to highlight some of the music of all of those artists as we go. This episode is sponsored by Dynamite Roasting, organic and fair trade coffee from Black Mountain, North Carolina, and available worldwide at dynamiteroasting.com. And we're sponsored by you when you support Southern Songs and Stories on our Patreon page or directly on our website at southernsongsandstories.com. We're glad you're listening and hope you may support the music of the John Stickley Trio and other artists you enjoy hearing here and can spread awareness of their work as well as ours at Southern Songs and Stories. All right, I think we're all set up. Um, This is a fantastic band. We've had them here several times. 
And if you haven't seen them yet, you're in for a real treat. Welcome to the Skunk Fest stage, John Stickley Trio. It was midday Saturday at Camp Awesome on the grounds of the Albino Skunk Farm when I talked with the trio. Perfect early April day with sunshine and a high of 70 degrees. Aaron Morell, our partner from Gray Sky Studio, filmed the interview as the band sat in front of a vintage camper trailer just before their first of two sets that afternoon and evening. I talked with them about influences and how their sound was unique, how they reminded me of power trios and other instrumental bands. I was just trying to think off the top of my head some instrumental bands like Shark Quest, Ventures, Pell Mell, Flectones, well, a lot of the Flectones stuff. Uh, yeah, Tortoise. that was going to be my, like, Bale of Fleck and the Flectones is basically was my most favorite band in the whole world growing up, so that's an easy one. <laughs> yeah. um, dude, that's amazing that you mentioned Shark Quest. Um, I listened to them, I, you know, I'm from Durham, Chapel Hill, and went to high school, I was in high school in the 90s, and was in a band, and um, Super Chunk was huge, but the band that we were, like, obsessed with, like, Palvo, Archers of Loaf, yeah. um, Spatula, and I know Shark Quest was part of that, yeah. and um, so there was a lot of, like, weird, you know, kind of dissonant indie rock happening around then. Uh, and that was a huge influence on me. I, I didn't really realize how much of an influence it was until more recently, um, because not long after that, I got like completely obsessed with bluegrass from the music of basically David Grisman. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, and then Grisman through that, Quintet Tony is... Rice. I would say the the first Grisman Quintet album, hands down, was is the reason I'm here. So, yep, me too. Yeah, I, I, I would say even for me, the Bad Plus. And being a, and, and then so being having um having a drummer who plays in a, a all instrumental trio producing the record like it couldn't help but to guide it in, you know in in a, oh, in yeah. a cohesive way that actually made made sense for for the bands you know and even some like older like rock bands um, and I bring that up only because some of these older rock bands that that had trios just for their instrumentation they got such a huge full sound out of it. And that's kind of what what we do, uh, where that where we're getting this great big sound, but it, it really is just the three of us, and there's almost kind of these rock and roll elements to it in that way. And yeah, the trio it almost forces you to like bigging up your 
what you're doing. I mean, it's like, there's only three of us, so, you know. Yeah. I was telling Steve when I listened to you guys, it's like, there might as well be seven people on stage. Yeah. Because that's what it sounds like. And I think that's where the the power trio term kind of comes from, is that because because it's only a trio, everyone's forced to, like, bring it, like, you know, I mean, you have to work hard. Right. There's no, uh, yeah. Yeah, A whole lot of weight. Yeah. Yeah. It changes the way we play it, for sure. It really does. It's a challenge. Bela Fleck and the Flecktones, Shark Quest, indie rock from the Triangle region of North Carolina back in the 90s, rock and roll power trios, David Grisman. These are all sweet spots for me and for the John Stickley trio. The puzzle pieces were starting to come together. and the Flecktones with Flying Saucer Dudes. They were a huge influence for Lindsay, and eventually she got to play with Flecktones member Future Man, also known as Roy Wilfred Wooten, or Roy L, on his solo tours. Future Man is a trip. He's a musician, composer, and inventor of instruments like the drumatar, a kind of MIDI controller used as a percussion instrument, and the eponymous electronic instrument called the Roy L, which resembles a piano but plays notes not found in the traditional Western music scales. I remember Future Man being interviewed on WNCW once, and he got deep into music theory, explaining how to get to the three. I didn't quite get it, but it was fascinating. Lindsay is a classically trained violin player, graduating from Belmont University in Nashville in 2006. Before playing in the John Stickley Trio, she played with, among others, Galen Kapar a guitarist and songwriter who is now more known for his business, the Asheville Fly Fishing Company. I talked with him about their days playing music in the Galen Kapar Project. Lindsey Pruitt, a real joy to work with, uh, a real joy to, to play with as a composer. Oftentimes I felt like it was, it was kind of like designing an obstacle course for her because she was so agile as a player and um, had a deep well of diversity. Um, you know, her father was in the bluegrass world and, you know, Lindsay was classically trained from, you know, age six or so, I think. And her music theory and her counting and rhythm is, is spot on. So she's a quick study. I mean, a lot of the time, if I was trying to teach her a little part, I could whistle it for her and she could play it like two runs through. I would whistle it once or twice and that's it. That's all it would take, you know? So, for for writing that kind of intricate music that they are that they are putting out there, I mean, you know, that's I imagine that's what those long rides in the van are. You know, they're they're working and hashing through that stuff like it's a it's an equation basically. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's really fun stuff. I mean, there's there's a lot to it. Thank you. 
That's the Galen Kapar Project with Lindsay Pruitt in the lineup, Live at Lab, the Lexington Avenue Brewery in Asheville, North Carolina, with the song Playfully Pushing from their show in April of 2011. Lindsay, like all of the John Stickley Trio, is an incredibly gifted artist, able to play just about anything. But like all bands, the trio took time to gel. I really think it's like an incremental thing that you, that just, I feel like so much of our music, I don't even realize how we got to where it is, but you can, but you can definitely look back to where it was and realize. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we know? used to suck. Yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. We, we honestly, there was a lot of early shows I think back on, you know, it's like, I, it was just different. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, I, I, I wasn't sure that it was going to go anywhere, you know, at early on. I was just like, you know, I want to have a band. I, I basically wanted to have, like, I left Town Mountain because Robert Greer's like, you need to go play, John. Don't do this another year. Like, it, my two year, I was only supposed to do it for one year, then I ended up doing it for two years. And he was like, John, don't. Uh, and I was thinking about doing year three. He's like, don't do it. Go play your guitar somewhere else and I was like okay I will so I was basically kind of fired thanks Greer but, uh, <laughs> but I was like then you know there was no one was looking for a guitar player at the time and right. I was like I gotta have a band John Stickley Trio I spoke with Robert Greer lead singer and guitarist for the band Town Mountain about John's time with them we always had a good time with him we also told him we were going to kick his ass if we weren't uh, if we were still the, the bass player in Town Mountain a year from now he didn't have his own outfit. I told him I was going to kick his ass because we all knew that, one, he'd be going crazy if he were still doing that with us in a year. Because, I mean, his, a, musicianship, a musician of his caliber, he was completely underutilized in our band. And uh, and we exploited it. We took advantage of it. And, you know, and, and, and who wouldn't have? And, you know, why would you not? I always try to wrap my head around the style of music that people play. Everybody's like this. We want to put something in a box and give it a, a name and a category and such. And I, I'm really just coming up with nothing when I try to pigeonhole what the trio is doing, what John Stickley trio is doing. There's no need to. There's no need to. It's just badass, <laughs> you know? And that's, 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 that's all I think about, you know, music. I mean, as far as pigeonholing stuff and naming it and putting it in a genre, Try to box it up. I mean, what's the point of that? You know, it's like maybe maybe a reference for somebody who doesn't have a clue about music, but for somebody like yourself or other musicians who are wrapped up and immersed in the music world, just good. You know, you make up your own mind. I mean, if you like it or not, but you can't doubt deny that those guys can play. Son, you gotta get straight Come in on Sunday and you're gonna stay late Please, please, sir, now don't you do it to me I need to get some rest and be with my lady He smiled and said, you ain't got no say in this matter Shut your old mouth and get up the ladder Up the ladder Bobby Britt on fiddle Bill Barker on mandolin Robert Greer on guitar and vocals Jesse Langley on banjo And John Stickley on bass For Up the Ladder from the Town Mountain album Leave the Bottle After leaving Town Mountain and forming the trio, John still played bass and sang on some tunes as well. The band was good, but there was something missing, 
actually they needed to do some addition by subtraction, and it happened by accident. At a gig, their bass player couldn't make it, so they had a drummer fill in, and immediately loved it. John was quoted as saying that not having a bass freed up himself and Lindsay to experiment more, and they made up for the absence of bass by integrating octave pedals and bass amps to bring in a bass tone. I talked with their drummer who preceded Patrick Armitage, Mike Ashworth. Mike is now with the Steep Canyon Rangers, and he recalled his time in getting integrated into the trio. You know, the trio at that time, I think it meant anything that John would throw together. If Lindsay couldn't make a show, then he would get Ryan Auslant, Ryan on drums, and I would play bass, and John would play guitar. Or, you know, at the, in the early incarnation of the trio, it was mostly, though, John and Lindsay and myself, and I, I didn't even know if I was in the band or if I was just a side guy, or because I think John didn't know if this was a you know his future or not. So in the early incarnation, I was there as much as I could be, and as much as he would ask me. Every time I loved it, and every time it was different. I think the goal in in those days was just you know try and pull it off, and it was really adventurous. Do you have any favorite memories of playing out with? the John Stickley Trio, where you were in the band, or, or anything musically that stands out, anything that you want to talk about? Yeah, I've got a couple of memories. Um, you know, one of my favorite times playing with John and Lindsay were we played the very first mountain song at sea. This is before I was a Steep Canyon Ranger, but it was the first time the festival had ever, you know, taken a float and gone onto a cruise ship. And that first year, it was the entire cruise ship were all people who wanted to be on the festival. Later on, the festival sort of grew into partial cruises, which means part festival and part other seagoers. But that first year, um, John was invited to play, and uh, he asked me to come on board and play with he and Lindsay. And that's some of the most off-the-wall music I've ever made in the best way possible. I don't mean it to sound negative. I just mean that... Um, we were, first of all, you're out of your physical element. You're on this huge cruise ship. And second of all, there's all this great music going on around you. And so what do you do, you know, to, to reflect that inspiration? And, and it was just some of the most um, beautifully bizarre moments on stage. I, I think we got lost several times in the performance. But that's, that's kind of, uh, that's one thing that John, I, I guess if I could take something away later on, is that um, I loved being in those lost moments with John and Lindsay and just sort of not knowing exactly what was going on, relying on your base instincts as a musician just to sort of pull yourself out of it. So that that has to be one of my most fun memories was being on the boat with those guys. Mike played drums on the trio's self-titled album from 2012 and in time left the group. Patrick Armitage stepped in to round out the current lineup and the band started working with producer Dave King the drummer for the instrumental alt-jazz group, The Bad Plus. with 1979 semi-finalist, written by Dave King, 
Now, to back up a bit, Patrick played with other groups before the John Stickley Trio, and on the surface, they're nothing like what he's doing now. Neo-soul, singer-songwriters, and electric rock bands in Hawaii, and before that, the rap group Atmosphere from Minneapolis. And back here on the drums is my man Pat Armitage. Make some noise for him. Who the fuck loves you? Bassist Brett Johnson played with Patrick before he left Atmosphere in 2006. I was floored by Patrick's versatility as a drummer. Beyond the fact that he's such an easygoing guy, super friendly, super fun, super nice, had all of those elements. And then he just gets behind the kit and he was a monster. And I just thought that was really exciting, especially within the Atmosphere sort of I guess, set up, all the instrumentation or the, the musicians that were in that have such a diverse background. And just him coming in with this, this wide spectrum of ability um, as a drummer was just super exciting to me because I was thinking, wow, man, we're going to do some really cool stuff in this. And that was my kind of first impression of him when I first started playing with him. And I just felt that him and I continued to grow to become better friends as we went through it. So it's a much different sound from his days in Atmosphere to... John Stickley Trio, you know, of course, Atmosphere being, you know, a rap-oriented group, you know, vocals and lyrics front and center, but in John Stickley Trio, no vocals. Can you help us draw a line from the way that works for Patrick especially? How, how do you connect these two things, and how do you think that he makes it all work? Sure. So the thing that I loved about atmosphere was our interpretation of the recorded songs that atmosphere had so when we were putting together a show to go on tour all of us would get together and we do these kind of crazy instrumental movements in between either other songs or we completely change up something that was one way on a record and make it different or we kind of adapt a cover almost of some other artist and include incorporate elements of that into what we were doing. And so we just kind of had this canvas with a, this sort of wide brush to paint with basically what we did in atmosphere was not limited specifically to what you'd hear on an atmosphere record. I mean, this was, it was a very different experience with the live band. And to me, it's that element that if anybody saw Patrick live and at, with atmosphere, and then saw him now with John Stickley Trio. It's very similar. Well, 
there, there's a similar dynamic there, I think, in the way that he asserts himself. After talking with Brett, with Galen Kapar, Mike Ashworth, and Robert Greer, and hearing about their experiences with the members of the John Stickley Trio and getting some of their insight into the trio's music, I started to get a better handle on where their music comes from and what it's about. music that defies labels, a kind of hybrid chameleon of influences with ninja skills that seem to defy physics. It's technically challenging and total ear candy at the same time. And even without lyrics, to give any clues to where they're from, the music of the John Stickley Trio reflects and speaks to the South. Mike Ashworth put it this way. You're right, with the band being primarily instrumental, for some people it may be hard to latch on to kind of what it's about, but to me, it is a, a, a band that very much sounds like it's from the South. You know, John, having a lot of his time in music early on, coming from the Piedmont and these great Piedmont bluegrass scenes, he's gotten a lot of his chops early on from the straight hardcore bluegrass. And, and I feel like that in itself is a very Southern tradition. But then when you mix that together with kind of what I feel like is the new Southern art form, which is uh, something that is identifying itself as Southern, like his bluegrass technique, but then something that, that completely leaves the past, like the songs that he chooses or these amazing things that he puts together, like he'll put two jazz tunes together and have these really cool segues. Or, you know, so I think, I think of being Southern, it's got to have tradition and it has to be modern at the same time, like looking forward. So uh, I think the tradition that you point to in his art is what makes it Southern, but looking forward, it's, it's more world, almost. Currently, the band is touring all over the U.S. as well as Canada and Mexico, getting in upwards of 150 dates a year in support of their album, Maybe Believe. They're hoping to do a European tour in the next year or so. They're at a peak, but they're not through evolving and growing. I asked them about this back at Camp Awesome at the Spring Skunk Music Fest. We've talked a little tiny bit about basic possible future ideas, maybe guest vocals, something, whatever. But yeah. none of that stuff have we spent any more. Or like having two amps, or, or like two amps, you know, or, yeah, The other thing we recently were talking about was, um, you know, a lot of you know, once we we, we plan on going to in ear monitors eventually, yeah. where. <laughs> So, and when we do that, we can have this whole other world of things that are only happening in our ears. Uh-huh. Like um, so one thing we were talking about stuff. is a sequenced, yeah. you know, track that comes in or yeah. things that, you know, um, yeah. just, you know, a whole other world of things that we can do. Yeah. And it's just, it's purely just to keep it interesting. It's like, well, what are we going to do now? You know, yeah. we've done this, that, and that. Maybe yeah. we should do that. <laughs> yeah. I think as long as the new ideas keep coming, I mean, I would say that 
I'm going to have ideas for this group for quite some time to come. Yeah. Um, and maybe when they run out, that's when we'll yeah. take a break or something. You know, it's yeah. like as long as yeah. it's still flowing. I mean. Yeah. That's our show. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed getting to know the John Stickley Trio as much as I did. Big thanks to Brett Johnson, Galen Kapar, Mike Ashworth, and Robert Greer for joining us, and to everyone at the Albino Skunk Organization for their hospitality. Thanks to our sponsor, Dynamite Roasting Company, organic and fair trade coffee from Black Mountain, North Carolina, and available worldwide at dynamiteroasting.com. Please support the music you've enjoyed hearing on this podcast, and please consider supporting Southern Songs and Stories. You can do so directly from our website at southernsongsandstories.com or through our Patreon page. Our next episode features David Childers, a singer-songwriter from Mount Holly, North Carolina, on Ramsar Records. I'm Joe Kendrick, and it has been an honor and a pleasure to be your host. Stickly Trio. All right. It's like stopping a freight train out here, I'll tell you what. Let's give them a good festival send-off here. One, two, three. Festival! All righty. Great job.